Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast about startups and entrepreneurs in the South Bend Elkhart region of Indiana. My name is Nick Kuhn. And I'm Bethany Hartley. Today, I'll be speaking with Johan Vasquez from Guac and Squat, and he'll be sharing a bit about his guacamole business, what gave him this idea, and his new entrepreneurial venture. We hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Johan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started your companies, your your brands? Yeah, just share a bit with us. Sure. Um, so the idea of Guac and Squat came around when I was uh, I wanted to do food and serve people. I love serving people. I love inviting people to my home, and I think that's part of my Mexican hospitality, my background being Mexican. I love just taking care of people, and so I made a food, and I'm like, maybe I should sell this food. I went to the health department. They were not okay with that unless I had a commercial kitchen. So I'm like, all right, what can I do? Mm. And after a long, long story and a lot of battles, I decided to do guac. And so I started selling guac. February 2019, I sold my first guac after a lot of trial and error. And after that, it was a smash hit and it just kept progressing. It wasn't fast by any means and it's a lot of hard work. But yeah, people just told me like, you have something here with your guac. I'm like, I guess. I mean, it's just guac. It's what I know guac to be. I gave it to my mom who's from the heart of Mexico. And she's like, nah, you got something going on here. I was like, no way. If my mom says I have something, like <laughs> that means a lot. And yeah. then everyone just loved it. 95% turnover rate. Whenever someone tries my guac, they love it. You know, yeah. five people, we pray for them and then we let them go on their way, you know. <laughs> but the 95 is pretty good. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So then how did you go from guac to peanut butter and popsicles? and? Uh, the, the freedom I got from being a self-employed entrepreneur allowed me to, hey, I have all this time that I spent with my family, but, you know, I don't want to be with my kids 24-7. They need their space to be creative in what they are. So I had the idea just, I want to make my own peanut butter. I bought this fancy food processor. What else can I do? And I found out how to make peanut butter. I was like, oh, I want to try peanut butter because I love peanut butter. And all the peanut butter in the stores has all this sugar and garbage. I'm like, why does every peanut butter have sugar? Mm. Like peanuts are good on their own. Why do they have to have sugar? So I made my own. And then I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, this is pretty simple. And and then I made something called Choco Gravel, which is uh, out of the four flavors I sell, the best selling. And it just inspired me. Okay, let's make more, you know. And so I bought a $4,000 machine of a peanut butter mill. And then I just started throwing peanut butter out there, seeing what people would think. And a lot of what my business has been is just, hey, let me try this. If people like it, they'll buy it. And if they don't, hey, you got to try something once and I'm moving on. Yeah. You know? Have there been any that you've had to move on from? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's a lot. I mean, I and I love failure because it allows me to learn and to continue to grow. And I also like when I do hit success because it allows me to keep two things in mind, which is perseverance and consistency. That no one just wants your one hit wonder as far as food goes. They want to make sure that that one hit wonder is consistent every week. Because mm. if not, then you're kind of wavering, you know? I think people expand too fast and they're like, oh, let's make 60 items. It's like, nah, dog, like, make sure your five are good mm-hmm. and then you can expand, mm-hmm. you know? So I think with my peanut butter and my guac, I really mastered and, you know, really bunkered down on what's important, the quality, the ingredients, and the consistency. And also, I wanted to make sure that it was an affordable price for everyone. I didn't want to go up and down in pricing. I priced it accordingly, and through all the highs and avocado shortages and Mm -hmm. the lows, my product has stayed consistently affordable. It's really important. Thank you so much. Well, I, I, I cared for my my people. I wanted to make sure they were happy with my product. Yeah. So, uh, I'm curious, 
where do you source your your ingredients from? Um, so there's uh, several guys that go out to Chicago mm-hmm. uh, every week and go to the international market and they'll buy. They'll I'll give them a list of things I need and then they'll come to me. Uh, local grocers, uh, local markets have refused to work with a small company like me unless I'm ordering pallets of avocados. Mm. And I cannot go through a pallet of avocados no matter what I do. Yeah. So uh, I decided to just uh, for avocado's sake, just actually just look anywhere locally. Mm-hmm. Walmart, Aldi, Kroger, Meyer, whoever gives me the best deal and doesn't give me some sketchy avocados, I will always go for that. Okay, very mm-hmm. cool. Well, we have a lot of food entrepreneurs in the region. And, mm. and when we talk about the region, we're talking about, you know, South Ben Elkhart region, so pretty mm. broad group. And there's some that do package, some do fresh, that sort mm. of thing. Kind of can you talk a little about some of the the challenges you've had as a food entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur as a whole? Like what are some of those obstacles you've had to overcome or lessons that you've learned? It doesn't have to be tied to product, but mm. what has that been like for you? Um, definitely just a lot of perseverance in the toughest of times. Uh, I started my company one year before COVID. Mm. And so I saw 2019 as like, oh, look, this is a great year. It went well. Let's double up. Yeah. Little did anyone know so right. what was about to happen. And the farmer's market got hit hard because there was a limit, limited occupancy. Uh, there was mass, so people couldn't sample and stuff like that. So it really boggled my brain as to like, okay, am I going to make it? Mm-hmm. And I was providing for my family 24. Like all of this mm-hmm. was for my family. I had no other job. I had no other income. It was just guac. Mm-hmm. And so I made it work. And I had to because that human instinct, my back's against the wall. And if if I don't do this, my family's gonna go hungry. Yeah. And my wife needs that financial stability. So I need a I need I have no other choice, you know. I don't have that comfort that a lot of people do have and they refuse to change. It's mm-hmm. like I'm comfortable, why would I change? I didn't have that. And the biggest problem has been being in Michiana, very far away from my people. People have an idea of what Mexican cuisine is. Mm. And they see the color of my guac, they see the ingredients, they see the quality, and they they're, and then they see the price. They're like, why is this guac so expensive? And why is it not the color I'm used to? I have one called Campfire, which is very dark because mm. I use ancho, ancho powder, which is a very dark. And so getting that perspective to people is like, just try it. I suck at words, <laughs> just try it, please. And then once they try it, they're like, whoa. What else do you have? Well, I have nine other flavors. I have a garam masala guac. I have an Olympian guac with feta cheese. And they're like, I want to try it. And I built that reputation with my customers. It's like, whatever Johan sells, I trust. Mm. And it got to a point where I don't need any more samples, Johan. Just sell me everything. So when I started doing tamales, like they exploded. Mm. And they, they become such a huge hit. But the biggest struggle has been getting into a Michiana mentality of like guac is for lunch, dinner and breakfast. It's not just for barbecues in the summer mm. and getting people to get to that shift. Kind of like hummus a couple of years ago. Yeah. No one bought hummus and now it's like everyone's favorite snack. Yeah. It goes on everything. Exactly. And I'm I've been kind of going against the grain trying to teach people like guac is for everything. Pizza, hot dog, chili, burgers, whatever you want. It's not just for dipping chips. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um yeah aside from that, it's just finances too, uh getting Making sure that we're we're on top, mm-hmm. uh, but in all four years I've been in Guac, I've never been in the negative. That's I've great. always been profitable in everything I've done, uh, and we're not super well off, but we're happy mm-hmm. because what's important to me is my family. Yeah. So talking a little about your family, what is their role in your in your company? Um, their role is to just give me 
a lack of loneliness. <laughs> yeah. Taking up my love, taking up my space in my heart and in my mind, giving me something to live for. You know, my little girl, Papa, you're home. You know, it's like getting a hug. It's like, yes, you know, like I'm doing it. And also giving my wife to, the opportunity to provide for them, staying at home, which is where both her and I like for her to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, homeschooling, she's homeschooling our two kiddos. And then just living in a small one-bedroom apartment as a small fam bam while trying to do this whole business has kind of just kept me going. And with the free time I give to them, like, hey, let's go to park. Let me show you caterpillars. Let's find a, a pupa. Let's find sticks. Let's find all this. It's just cool to be able to be there. I was there for their first steps, both of them. Mm. And I was there for their both first words. And no amount of money can buy that. Right. Money, money will come later. But right now, what's my focus is my kiddos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should I have started this before I had kids? Probably, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. I have them now and I would never give them up. No amount of money could ever change that. Do you think you could ever go work for someone again? It's hard. It, it really is hard. I, After all these years, I've been a carpenter, graphic designer, closet designer, motorcycle repairman, prep guy, all kinds of stuff, right? And through it all, I was like, what am I, what, what is my role as my family? What do I enjoy? And through all my occupations and everything I've done, I've learned that I'm not a guac man. I'm not a chef. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm an inventor and a problem solver. Hmm. And what that has allowed me to do is focus on making, a, making money out of problems that exist and then making or problem solving using lean manufacturing, hmm. you know. Sorry, did I answer that properly? You did. Yeah, right, that was sweet. great. <laughs> so when you look ahead to, mm-hmm. to what you're doing, what's what's on the horizon for you and your company? Um, really, the next level for guac and peanut butter would be to distribute that um, locally on a uh, kind of more commercial market. Uh, Martin's, Myers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Working in with Ben's pretzels. I make a cream cheese as well mm-hmm. with a brand called Schmier. And it allows it allows me to... Uh, partner with these companies if they see the potential. But getting into that distribution would be nice. Working with a co-packer and getting some insurance and liability on my products would be nice. Okay. I guess before mm-hmm. you started this, you mentioned a few different occupations. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of the things you brought and you you built your sign, you built this. And just speak a little, like how do you incorporate that into your company, all of the things you love to do? So yeah, I you know going from job to job in the last eight years, I've had six different jobs. I've just learned how to take everything, uh, every 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 opportunity I've always put in my pocket. I've never considered anything a failure, but rather it's on pause. Mm. You know, and there's so many other companies I won't mention because it's just so much that's going on in my life. And obviously, I've been able to use branding and marketing when I was a marketing director at a ministry in Texas mm-hmm. to put into Guac and Squat. I was able to, I used to work for a company called Carved, making wooden cell phone cases. I made their logo. That's my handwriting. Oh, very cool. Uh, And I was able to use their woodworking skills that they taught me for my signage. So everything's always a learning opportunity and I never see anything at a waste of time, you Mm -hmm. know. And um, I've obviously chosen my product. I want to be consistent with everything and Mm -hmm. I want to put my heart and soul into it because I have no other choice. It's it's my occupation. It's what I love doing at the end of the day, taking care of people's nutrition and making sure they're getting a cool product. Yeah. So I'm curious, you've mentioned roots in Mexico. Yes. Being in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think you're in Elkhart County now. So how did that happen? 
Um, so I was at a ministry school in Texas, and unfortunately, I was the marketing director for there. I was doing all the graphic design and stuff. And then the ministry financially collapsed because of poor decisions on leadership. Mm. So 300 interns, myself included, had to go home. We were serving missionary, all this kind of stuff, amazing outreach mm-hmm. all over the United States and around the world. And then we had to go home. We're like, what do we do? Like, this sucks. Mm. And then I was on my way back to Texas, or back home in Texas. And all of a sudden, I was like, God, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go back home and start working with my dad. He's like, nah, your plan sucks. Your mom's moving to Indiana. Your aunt and uncle are there. Go go start life there. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I got a job at Carved two mm-hmm. days later. Uh, getting paid pretty well for the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, what a blessing. Yeah, very interesting. Sounds like everything kind of mm-hmm. fell into place, but with purpose, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And and the biggest thing is obedience and perseverance, Yeah, faithfulness and you know, what I believe. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of leads to, we have a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in the region. And I'm, I'm curious with all of what you've been doing and where you're going, some advice that you would give to fellow entrepreneurs if they're really if they're struggling or if they're stuck, mm-hmm. what would you say? Uh, first is get over yourself. You can't do everything by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second, seek help. I I like the idea of community, building relationships, and I've been I I do good at connecting with people and building relationships. Mm-hmm. And whatever I can't do, they can help me get there. And whatever my skill set allows them to do. I, we trade, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a bartering of businesses and bartering of skill sets. Like, hey, you help me, I help you. Or, hey, help me out, I'll pay for your services if I can't, mm-hmm. you know, offer you anything in return. And I think really connecting yourself with a good community and group of friends, stop trying to be greedy and doing everything yourself, mm-hmm. has allowed me to see other ventures that if I was doing everything myself, I would be overwhelmed. I had, you know, I didn't want to do accounting, so I paid for that because I hate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's annoying to me. I hate designing websites and all that. So even though I'm a branding specialist, I hate websites. So yeah. I sourced that out, you know? Um, so anything you can't do, ask for help. I think it's a lot of things that stops people is pride and comfort. Mm. Comfort. If you're comfortable, like you will never get to where you want to be because why change? Mm-hmm. Why put extra effort when you're already happy where you're at? Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I mean, I guess aside from what I've already said, um, reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to help, you know, and offer my time to help whoever will listen. Yeah. And that's my policy. I'll only help the people who want to help themselves, but I won't help anyone who won't. Yeah. And my policy is my door is open. All you have to do is walk through it. So what is your virtual door? How do people find you? Uh, just message me on Facebook and then we can start a conversation from there. Just and what's get, your Facebook page? Uh, Guac and Squat. Okay. Yeah, just Great. look up Guac and Scott. It's a pretty Something. unique name. I don't, I don't think anyone else has it. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, some one person on Instagram does, and that's why I'm on Instagram. I'm Guac and Squat dot official. Ah, it's like whoever this cheeky person is. <laughs> congrats, you've officially angered me. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me.